Good evening, good evening, and welcome to the Positional Sports Talk Show host. Live streaming on Facebook Live, Twitch, and our Positional Talk Show YouTube channel. We are a sports talk show made for the fans, from the perspective of fans, presented by lifelong sports fans. We will provide our opinions and positions on the hottest topics in sports this week. My name is Big Reg, and I'm joined this evening by my partners in crime. What's going on, day three? How you feeling this evening, brother? What's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, how y'all doing? Thanks for chiming in. I feel great. We got the professor in the building. Professor Jay, how you feeling this evening, partner? I'm blessed, man. How's everybody doing? We made it through another year, even yeah, this year, y'all. Praise the Lord. Let's go. Absolutely. Absolutely. Back back in the building, my man Jay Wills. How you feeling, Jay Wills? I feel like James Harden. Despite night practicing, I can still be. <laughs> Put me in, coach. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And of course, last but not least, my man Big Ed. What's going on, brother? How you feeling this evening? I feel great. Um, coming off a real nice Christmas. Um, this 2020 sports year has me confused, though. It, just when I think I haven't figured it out. Bam! It gives me another uh, curve. So uh, let's let's get let's talk some sports tonight. Absolutely, absolutely. And before we get started, we just like to thank all our fans and listeners, and wish each and every one of you, you. Uh, Merry Christmas, a Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate. We want mm-hmm. you to have a happy and safe holidays, and thank you. Yes. You the real MVP. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this evening. We will first talk college football semifinals, NFL Week 16, our post takes, plus some other topics to court our attention during the week, and, of course, our final post of the evening. Again, we appreciate you tuning in, so sit back, relax, and enjoy posts on the Positional Sports Talk Show channel. So Friday, Friday mm. is January 1st, fellas, 2021. Uh, wow. Oh, no. Can't mm, believe it. Mm, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like Professor Another said, year. we 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 get ready to get into a new year, and I, I think everybody is glad to get rid of 2020. Yeah, so. yes. amen to that. So on Friday at 4 p.m., we kick off the sports day with the Rose Bowl, which should be in Pasadena, but of course, because of COVID, it's in Texas and Jerry World. Jerry ain't gonna miss a dollar, so right. <laughs> <laughs> so they'll have twenty thousand fans in the stands in in the Rose Bowl when number one Alabama takes on number four Notre Dame. Is this gonna be a game? Uh oh, <sighs> <laughs> Professor J. <laughs> I think it is. What do you think? Uh. Come on, I told y'all that I'm I'm a bit nervous about this game because in big spots, I mean they even reminded me today on Sports Center shout out when they went through the last bowl games and, and playoff games that noticed the part of it hasn't been good, fellas. I mean and I just disagree with you on that. I, as much that's my team. As much as I want them to be competitive, I just see another blowout coming. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that it 
Notre Dame has some um, – there's some interesting matchups in, in this game. And the one thing – the biggest difference between the 2013 BCS championship game when Alabama had a, a, a easy victory over Notre Dame, I think that uh, uh, Brian Kelly, the head coach of uh, Notre Dame, I think he learned from that game and he went about the, his business of building up his defense and offense lines of scrimmage. And I think that um, on paper – it's true. Alabama is is clearly should be favored in this game. Um, I don't like the 19 and a half points, but let because it's a championship game. But nevertheless, um, I just think that the line of scrimmages for Notre Dame has been built to a point where I think they at least can can compete. Now, I don't I don't I don't believe they'll win the game. I do believe Bama will ultimately prevail. But I just think that um that, that Notre Dame, they learned a lot of lessons um, a few years, seven years ago, I guess it is now. Hey, and, hello. Uh, is this thing going? <laughs> Notre Dame, did they learn from the blowout they had with Clemson last year? No. Uh, Ohio State blew them out before, I think, the year before that. Did they learn from that? No. They they play well during the regular season. I give them that. they regular season champs. They, they ball, they play hard, they go through unscathed. But as soon as they get into a big position, big spot, whether it's a conference, mm. this is their first conference championship game because they had to join the ACC. Mm. But it's like when they're in big spots, they just don't show up. I don't know if it's the lights. And the other thing is, where do they play most of their games, y'all? They play them in South Bend. So mm. when they're outside of South Bend, they really don't win top games. Even if you look at USC, the troubles they had with USC. At mm. home, they give them all they have, they still win. But whenever they got to go out to California, it's always tough. I don't care what USC's record is. So I'm, I just don't see it. I don't see mm. it. There, there's and two Alabama things. Is, go ahead, Jay Wills. I was just co-signing his point. And Alabama is built to perform home or away. I don't think they stand much of a chance, man. There's two things that are in Notre Dame's favor. I agree with Ed 100%. They spent these last three or four years building the lines up. Their offensive line are either fourth or fifth year seniors and one junior. So if it's going to be a year that they competitive, this has to be the year because they're going to get real young again. The other thing is <laughs> Alabama's all-American center went down in the last game. So is that going to affect the pass protection and the run game for Alabama? And this Brandon. will be the first time we get to see that. In the national championship, they had fourth and fifth-year seniors on the lines. What happened in that game, Rage? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm trying to give you some hope, bro. I feel you, but I know my feeling like the back of my head. Yeah, yeah, but Alabama, they they like a daggone warehouse. I mean, you somebody go down, they fill somebody in, and they keep on moving. They don't stop just because somebody falls down. So I don't see this. I see this going to be a triple blowout. I mean, it's it's not even going to be close. D League right there. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all right. So let's move on to the second game since all. all of us seem to be in agreement that we think Bam is going to win, and some of y'all think it, it might get ugly again. Eight o'clock Friday night, we got the Sugar Bowl, which is going to be played in the Superdome in New Orleans, Louisiana. We got number two Clemson handling number three Ohio State, and your boy Dabo Sweeney 
He can't help himself. He got it, you know, pick with people. After they beat Clemson last year, I mean, after Clemson beat Ohio State last year and beat them pretty soundly, mm-hmm. Dabo had to put a little jab in there. The final coaches poll, he had Ohio State listed at number 11. he tried to explain it a little bit better when they had their press view saying he didn't put anybody that played less than nine games in the top 10 but come on Dabo (laughs) now there's a little bit of truth in every lie <laughs> now, now I will say Dabo went a bit far when he put Coastal Carolina at ten and and Ohio State at eleven, even though they only played six games. But I do agree with Dabo that you have to reward teams that played eight, nine, ten games. And I know the Big Ten painted themselves in a corner, and the commissioner and the the, the presidents of that league are the ones that did it, so they have no one else to blame but themselves. But um, there is some truth. I think you. I think that there were more deserving teams than Ohio State that should be representing. That should be representing in the college football playoffs this year, um, namely Texas A&M. Uh, and, and, and heck, you can even go as far as Cincinnati. Now, realistically, I know Cincinnati can't compete with Ohio State. I don't care how many games Cincinnati can play fourteen games and, and Ohio State two. <laughs> And I know Cincinnati can't can't match up with Ohio State's talent, but um, but there should be some there should be some reward for you know grinding through a, a full season, complete with makeup games and whatnot, the way Texas A&M did, and and obviously Ohio State didn't. Because if you think about it, at every turn and at every corner, both within the Big Ten and within the NCAA, they made um, allowances for Ohio State to be oh, representing in the college football playoffs. Absolutely. Ohio State was – go ahead, J3. No, I was going to say, but we talked about this earlier. It it was because of the – because of COVID and how the schedules changed, limited uh, Ohio State from playing games. So that's the reason why their record is is what it is. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, As soon as the Big Ten said they were playing, they put Ohio State at number four. So that told you everything you needed to know. Man, I feel like if they were in the mood of flexing and bending and breaking rules that weekend that everybody was off, they should have had A&M and Ohio State play that game that weekend to see who was worthy enough to get get into the college football playoff. I mean, that game right there would have stirred up a whole lot of buzz because remember that weekend, it wasn't any big games going on because they moved Clemson Notre Dame to the following weekend. They should have played mm-hmm. Ohio State ain't want any of that. They ain't want any of that. The debate if they never played. But I think they should have put that game together. That would have been a nice little preview championship slash bowl game, win against in type thing. That would have been sweet. So who do y'all like in the Clemson-Ohio State game? Man... I, I can't stand Dayon and his orange cream thing. <laughs> the situation with Ohio State, I hope Trevor Lawrence and them boys boat race them in that game. That's hilarious. That is hilarious. Oh, what about I, you, Ed? Oh, go ahead, Jay Wills. 
I'm going with Clemson as well. Like Trevor Lawrence, real balanced offense. I'm expecting the boys to pull off with the win. What, who you got, Ed? I hate to say this, but I, I, I like Clemson. But I think that Ohio State's lack of, of playing is going to actually be a, a, a detriment to their overall success against Clemson because I think the, as far as like the line of scrimmages are concerned, Ohio State clearly has an advantage. If you look at the teams from, from top to bottom as far as offensive lines versus defensive lines. And, and, and in big boy football, those usually that's usually determined who wins and loses in these games. It's quiet as it's kept. But yeah, I I, I like Clemson. They have the they have Trevor Lawrence. Come hey, on, three. Buckeyes. Let's go, Buckeyes. Let's go. <laughs> Show them y'all can play football too. Stop front. <laughs> this will be the last, you know, matchup of the former number one and number two ranked QBs. Going against each other again. You, you got your boy Trevor, and then you got mm -hmm. your man out of Ohio State, who's Fields. supposed to going to be the number one and number two picks possibly in the, in in the NFL draft. So it should be hey, interesting. He bad in his last game, though, Big Rage. I'm talking about Fields. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. He struggled with 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 some of the looks he got from Northwestern. So. It, it, it'll be interesting. I hope he plays better. I think Clemson wins, but I hope Fields looks better because if not, that may cost him some money and some other things that happen off the field that deal with his alma mater may cost him some money too, but we'll get to that a little later. Right. Did anything else happen in college football that you want to point out, Ed, before we move on? Yeah, unfortunately, this is bad news. Um, the, the, the star running back, freshman running back at that, from Utah, mm -hmm. uh, had an accidental self-inflicted gunshot wound in Dallas this past weekend and succumbed to his injuries. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just heartbreaking. Uh, he, what makes the story even more heartbreaking is that he, had, prior to him uh, going off to Utah this fall, his mother has succumbed to uh, a disease. So this is it's just a tragedy all the way around. Um, and he actually made the all-freshman team. I think he was the freshman of the year in the Pac-12 this year. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, yeah, uh, condolences to his family. Sorry to hear that. Did any other um, information come out about that self-inflicted gunshot wound? No, they. I think they're keeping it close to the vest, uh, but no other details. And I, I searched over and over. Uh, they, they're just not releasing any more information than that. I heard on a report that he shot himself in the hip. Because when I first heard it, I was like, the self-inflicted gun wound and you die. So I, I, hopefully we'll find more. It's just a shame. What about in the coaching news, partner? Coaching news, uh, uh, <laughs> Jed Fish, another New England uh, uh, assistant coach. He's the quarterback coach in New England. We know we uh, we don't know how we all see how that's going this year. Um, <laughs> he, voted, he voted New England for greener pastures in, in, in Tucson. He's the mm. new coach, head coach of Arizona uh, who fired Kevin Sumlin. Um, I don't know what happened to Kevin Sumlin. He's dropped off the last couple stops he's been at. And Johnny then um, left. 
And then Brian Herson, uh, the former Boise State head coach, has replaced the fired Gus Malzone at Auburn. So he'll be heading, uh, going into recruiting battles against uh, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart in the region down there in, um, in um, Alabama. So those are the two coaching mm. news so far, big time coaching news so far. I like the old Gus. As far as Harson, Boise, and SEC mm-hmm. are two totally different worlds. He and then not just the SEC, West, and then he went to the other <laughs> Alabama school. Oh wow! Yeah. I hope the money's worth it. <laughs> I hope the money's worth it. What a big ranch. Would they pay an SEC coaches? I'll run that there, coach. <laughs> like I said, I, I, I hope he enjoys it and I hope his family enjoys it because it's a different type of living, especially Auburn. Yeah. So good luck with that. All right, let's move on to the NFL week 16. Hmm. Before we get into the stories, just to hit you off with a couple of uh, big injuries. Rams QB Jared Goff broke his right thumb. He'll definitely miss week 17. They're hoping if the Rams make the playoffs that he might be available for playoffs. Texans QB Deshaun Watson is also questionable week 17 with an elbow injury that he sustained late in the fourth quarter. So he might be a game-time decision. The 49ers are going to be missing wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, high ankle sprain, and tackle Trent Williams with an elbow sprain. Those are the big (laughs) ones so far. Man, leave Trent alone, man. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Trent made the pro... Trent made the Pro Bowl. Now we know that's just a. Did he? Yeah. How? Yes. Who the the hell did he pay? Who did he pay? And this year is legit. This year is legit because it ain't no substitutes. You either make it or you don't. Crazy. Because he was mad against Sweat and and Young when they played the the Washington football team. Mm. I wanted to ask you a fantasy football question real quick, Professor J, if you don't mind. Go ahead. I'm trying to figure out should I start Dwayne Haskins? Uh, <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man, you tripping. Oh, you, man. you pretty much don't even have to roll the dice on that one. <laughs> <laughs> and he got the nerve to be looking confused. We're going to get to your answer real quick in a second. Uh, and Kansas, I guess we need to. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. All right. Kansas City Chiefs. Announced that uh, Patrick Mahomes and a few others aren't going to be playing in Week 17. Now that they've wrapped up the, the AFC, uh, Pittsburgh announced that they was going to let Big Ben rest Week 17 and rest that arm and elbow so he can get ready. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ducks not starting. Ducks not starting. Yeah. They, they starting the man Mason Rudolph, the man who uh, who <laughs> said the, the bad word and almost got killed last year. The What's the difference? <laughs> you wrong, professor. You wrong, professor. Ooh-wee. So mm, mm, mm. the worst that Pittsburgh can fall is number three. Between them and the Bills, they're going to be two or three. So mm-hmm. do you think the the Bills might follow suit, might rest some players? But the Bills been real hot, and I don't know if they want to mess with that. 
But Jay Wills put it out there, and we can't ignore it. So let's just get right into it. Something happened? <laughs> All I can say is it's about time. Your man Dwayne Haskins, mm-hmm. after getting another opportunity, we all agree he got a bum rap when he got drafted. He got drafted by a coaching staff that didn't want him. The owner wanted him. That's that started off, but that whole staff was gone. So we got a new start, and then with COVID, COVID kept him from having to compete for the job. They basically gave him the starting job and said, okay, Dwayne, prove that you can be an NFL starting quarterback and lead this organization. He he did work. I got to give him credit. He got his body in shape. He lost 10 pounds. We sculpted his body. He looked good. He's like, okay. But the problem is, while he was working on that and having people run passes, he wasn't doing the things that they asked him to do, which was watch film, study, and get into the books. So, of course, he got benched after four weeks. And when he got demoted, that should have told him. He didn't get demoted from first string to second string. He got demoted from first string to third string, which means you don't suit up. Right. Then after all of that, after injuries and injuries, he gets another chance to get back on the field. And what does he do? Stank it up. Yeah. Not only he stank it up one game, Funk he stank it up it. two yeah. games and then went to his girlfriend's birthday party without a mask, risking the whole team. So finally, Ron Rivera, and this shows you that Ron Rivera, for at least right now, has control of what goes on in football operations. He did have to make a call and he admitted. He said, I called Dan Snyder and asked him, is it okay? If I do what I want to do and release Dwayne Haskins. So Dwayne Haskins got released from the Washington football team, got fired on his day off while under contract, and they only own $4 million. So he wasn't even worth keeping around for two years for $4 million as a backup. So, again, like I said the other day, the, the antics that he's done proves the point that he's, he's trying to get out of Washington. I mean, his performance on the field, his performance off the field, clearly states he doesn't want to be with the Washington Football Club. So by them releasing him, I think they, they did the best thing that they could do, let him go somewhere else, and hopefully somebody will pick him up. He's definitely not uh, trying to stay here. He didn't produce. Let him go. And I believe this was the second time he um – uh, broke the COVID violations. Uh, I think mm-hmm. with without having the mask on, and I believe a week or two ago, he tried to sneak someone up to his room. I'm not 100% on that piece of information, but I believe he was trying to sneak somebody else into his room. And like you said, Rivera has a stronghold on that locker room. The guys give him a, a lot of respect. Rivera is also an individual that was battling cancer in which the team had made arrangements during halftime's during the halftime period of the games to make sure that he could get treatment during the halftime. So they took his health and making sure Rivera was, you know, in the best settings at all times, very seriously. So not only are you uh, disrespecting the craft, not getting into your book, uh, studying your plays and doing what you need to do to be on top of your game. When you hit the field, you all, you also are jeopardizing people's lives, putting people at risk, especially somebody 
whose immune system is down right now while they're going through chemo or just getting over chemo. It was a bad look all the way around. You played yourself ultimately. Totally agree. Yeah. 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 Can I chime in on this? Go ahead, Ed. I'm sorry. Yeah. So Haskins, and we talked about this last week a little bit. I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to sit here and and come down on Haskins. But I will say this. There are three people responsible for this this, uh, debacle as far as Dwayne Haskins is concerned. Number one is Dwayne Haskins. Number two is the organization as a whole. And number three is the current coaching staff, as well as the former coaching staff. The current coaching staff, because they knew from day one, the minute he got hired, he did not want Dwayne Haskins. That's number one. Number two, the organization. You you buy a brand new car, don't get in it and floor it. You got to <laughs> you you take your time. You got to let it break in. You got to maintain it. And you got to and you got to do everything necessary to make sure you get a hundred to two hundred thousand miles out of that vehicle. And then number three. You got Haskins. Haskins, the maturity, the maturity levels that he showed, obviously we know that we know that wasn't the, the, the best way as far as um, how you represent yourself as a professional athlete. But at the same time, Dwayne Haskins did not have an opportunity. He was not placed in a position to succeed. That is clear. He had one year of college football. Again, we talked about this ad nauseum. He had one year of college football, and you hand him the keys to a professional football franchise that is dysfunctional already. So it, it, he was just not – it's best that he move on. I just wish that they would have let him go. As soon as uh, uh, Ron Rivera got the job, he should have had a conversation with Dan Snyder and said, look, this is not going to work. Why go through the charade of, you know, naming him a captain, um, a fan, he's my guy. Well, clearly he wasn't the guy because you ran and got your quarterback that you that was a, was an abject failure in Carolina. You brought him along for the ride, so you knew that who that he wanted to be your quarterback. And Alex Smith was just a bonus. So, like I said, there's three people, there's three phases, three people responsible or or groups responsible for this uh, uh, blow up. And again, you got the Redskins organization headed by Dan Snyder. You got Dwayne Haskins headed by whoever, you know, I don't know who's calling the shots as far as his camp is concerned. And then you have the current. You know what this sound like, Ed? 20, what, maybe 2014? Because remember the whole thing with RG3. The Shanahan's didn't want him, but the owner wanted him, brought him in. Then he got yep. dumped in Jay Gruden's lap. Jay Gruden did the same thing to him that Rivera did is doing the Haskins right now. It's just a repeated thing with the black quarterback in this franchise where nobody wants them, but yet we look across. We just talked about Obama with Hodges that don't even deserve to be in the league right. and, and, and all these other quarterbacks, you know, of a certain persuasion who can sit on a roster for years and never play earning a check. But yet we get these situations where these quarterbacks aren't wanted. Yeah, bringing a new coach is like bringing in a new manager. The manager, he, the guy he came in, Rivera was speaking of, he, he, he saw who the floor general was. He gave him a shot. He did. But Big Reg did touch on the fact that he was getting knocked for not being in his playbook, not staying disciplined. 
he he made he put himself in a position to get picked on, to get looked at uh, consistently on a week by week basis, and then you top it off by not only not doing what you're ne- needed to do uh, to be a successful uh, football player, you then break the COVID guidelines, and that was extra serious. I, I don't necessarily think it was the play. I think they could have gotten over that part. I, I, they could have, you know, maybe traded him in off season. I don't know the specifics. I think they could have gotten over that part. I think the slap in the face the organization felt, especially Rivera, is you right. getting yourself caught out there without the mask on. Mm-hmm. And this especially is the second time within two to three weeks. Especially mm-hmm. considering Rivera's situation, him just finishing chemo. Everyone knew what he was susceptible to. And so uh, enough was enough. And there were reports out that said that there were at least forty to fifty percent of the team wanted them to cut wanted them to cut him last week. Mm. But you know, it's a dangerous narrative that this that the national media and, and the sports pundits and so called experts have as far as black quarterbacks are concerned. And I'm not and I'm not playing no race card when it comes to Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins made made mistakes that can be made. And ultimately, he's going to have to, you know, that's that's something he has to deal with. But to suggest that this man is 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 mm-hmm. so bad and a pariah and shouldn't have another opportunity, and he's another Jamarcus Russell, that's unfair. Well, what about another Paxton Lynch? Well, what about another uh, Johnny Manziel? Well, what I mean, look, these. What I'm saying is, it's it's so easy for them to write off. It's, because it's so, they got several chances. Right, that's what I'm saying. But why write off and, and make this big story where, oh, man, he might never play again? That's hogwash. I see trash quarterbacks. Look, I, I, you'll see. Tune in at 1 o'clock. Well, you're making the point. They get additional shots where a black quarterback does not. You, you're making the point. We did, nobody here said he shouldn't get a national shot. Nobody on post said he shouldn't get another shot. Yeah, right. I'm just saying, but the narrative is dangerous that you hear uh, that these media, these national media, it's, it's a dangerous. And then you have because the media is so powerful, and you have these influences, and and these 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 kids will go into other situations, and the fan bases already have a a, a preconceived notion of what what this person could you know is or may end up being it's just totally it's just totally unfair look i don't i don't know if this is if the overwhelming notion uh i don't know if race actually played the biggest role we do got a minority coach in ron rivera oh please yeah i say the same thing at the same time i mean cam newton was wild too and had his moments as well but he clapped he kept the stud he didn't mm-hmm. want to get rid of the stud. He he kept the six seven six six kid that kept taking him to the playoffs. I think this exactly time, Haskins, this time Haskins, you went to the strip club, bro. Point blank, period. Without a mask on, <laughs> you, why you, you got a you, recovering cancer victim as a coach? You played yourself. You you wow. brought up a great point, Jay Wills. Uh, excellent point, and this happens in all walks of life, and it's a great thing for everybody to remember. If you produce, you get away with a whole lot of stuff. And the more you produce, the more you can get away with until it gets to the point where they just can't deal with it anymore. You can't can't do stuff and not produce. 
Right. right. You're right. Right. And when people are trying to help you get better, whether it be your employer or a family member, somebody like that, and they're telling you things to do to help you get better and you choose to do it your way, you can't be mad when they say, okay, we done. We gave you opportunities to fix it. We told you how we think you can fix it. Yeah. But you want to do it your way. You want to continue doing the things you want to do so you know better than us. So it's better for us to just go ahead and part ways and move on. And nobody stepped up to say anything about it afterwards. You're not seeing Instagram or Twitter. Yeah. Hey, Dwayne, man, we're going to miss you out there. Much love, bro. We got some mumbo sauce for you when you come back. <laughs> nothing to them. The, o- the only thing nothing. you saw like that was from players that don't play for Washington. Well, I tell you who did reach out and support, and that's RG3. Dad's Brian, too. So, hey. He gave him a room. RG3 about to give him a <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> hey, he better not talk too much. Haskins might come Wait, back. Get his job. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to the actual games. And, and for me, the story of week NFL 16 was how doggone awful either the game plans or the offensive play calling was for three to four teams that were in a win and get in the playoffs or win and win your division. And these (laughs) offensive coaches called the worst game possible in multiple games. We just talked about Haskins and Washington. That was one of them. But the most egregious to me was also the game of the week for me. The Titans versus Green Bay. This game is being played Sunday night in Green Bay. That was nasty. In the snow. You got the number one rushing running back in the league, a monster, 6'4", 250 pounds, and you give him the ball a total of 11 times in the first half basically five a quarter and you tried to let Tanny Hill, the guy that you paid money that didn't deserve it, carry the team. When you got this monster back there and the weather dictates that you run the ball. Say it with your chest. <laughs> I mean, Green Bay outrushed t- Tennessee Titans and that's the game. That was disappointing, man. I was like, did wow. Tannehill have more yards than Derrick Henry? <laughs> <laughs> the Titans rushed the ball 23 times. Green Bay rushed the ball 31 times. They That's probably cool. tried to outfake them and, and said, because it's snowing outside, we're going to throw the ball instead of run the ball. But they should have just handed it off the dirt. That at least sets up the play action third, fourth. Right. Quarter. You right. Heavy. And they wear the other team's defense down. That's what Derrick Henry is known for. He may not start off strong, but you keep giving him the rock, especially he should have carried the ball 30-plus times exactly. in that game. Agreed. And he exactly. built for that. He did that multiple times at Bama. He carried the ball 40-some times at Bama. That was the game that they were supposed to dominate the lines of scrimmage. But, no, they went in there, tried to act cute and pretty, 
It yeah. got punched in the mouth. Yeah. And Aaron did his thing. Dropped four down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I agree with what BJ saying. I think they they got on him early, and that offensive coordinator panicked and took the ball out of King Henry's hand, put it in Tannehill's hand, and then it just got ugly for me. <laughs> so that was the first mistake. The second mistake, Cleveland Browns. <laughs> they opened that door wide. Mm, mm, A mm. whole wide receiver room is wiped out because these fools all took got into the hot tub together. <laughs> oh, that, that don't sound right. Right. I'm sorry, not the hot tub, but you know the uh yeah, they were in the cold room they had yeah, a room where they do the cold, the cold hot, hot tub at yeah. the facility. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of doing a one by one, they got in there together Pick and of course one of them had COVID, so they all had to get wiped out. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> and what do they do? <laughs> so you're missing your top four wide receivers. Plus you got two offensive linemen that are out because of injury and stuff. But you got the best running game in the NFL with a two-headed monster. And what do you do? You let your Lyle man, Baker. Kurt Baker Mayfield, throw the ball 53 times in the game. Right. What in the hell? Right. Help <laughs> me understand that. Chubb, Chubb, and Hunt back there, like, what the hell? Right. What? Can somebody help me understand that? Because them two only carried the ball fifteen times. They Come look on. like the Cleveland Browns that we all know. <laughs> and they, they didn't have a good and, game. And they was in the driver's ball. seat. They was in right. the driver's seat if they'd have won that game. They win. They in the playoffs, and they didn't know what was going on in the Steelers game. And the way the first half of the Steelers game was going, which we're going to get to shortly, they thinking they might be able to chance to play for the freaking AFC North title. And these Bamas throw the ball 53 times with and no lose, wide receivers. And lose to the Jets. The Jets. Like, really? <sighs> That's that new breed of coaching with uh, Kevin Stefanski up there. Um, uh, up in, up in, um, in, in Cleveland, it, it makes no sense. I, I, mm, I, I didn't understand what the heck was going on. I, I was like, I mean, you got two All Pro running backs. Yeah, so I, I, I don't know. Yeah, and you know who stole the show? Frank mm. Gore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, Frank Gore. We got to give right. Frank Gore his prop. Frank Gore reached sixteen thousand rushing yards in his yep. career. Number, number three on the all-time rushing list behind Emmitt Smith and Walter Payton. Congratulations, Frank Gore. They've already announced that he's not going to play week 17. He hurt himself in that game. So that was probably the last time we're going to see Frank Gore on a football field. A way to go out hitting 16,000 on the nose. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it says something about his lung. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, So, yeah. So y'all can't can't explain that to me either. Okay. I'm glad it wasn't me. I'm glad it wasn't me. Where does Frank Gore fall on most of you all's top 20 running backs? I hate to be that guy. Low. He's a compiler. Yeah, he compiled yards, but he's but, low. But even still, he's in the top 20 just because the, the best trait anybody can have playing professional they sports have, is availability. He's in the 20s. I, I I don't, I mean, he's in the top 20. I don't know exactly where you, you want to say the same about Curtis Martin, too. He yeah. has longevity, too, but I wouldn't, you know, 
But I Curtis Martin is in the Hall of Fame. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think Frank Gordon's going to end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's going to go. He's going to go. Yeah, he's going to go. And just yeah, think about when Frank that, Gordon that, first started. I mean, he was feet. a monster. Yeah, right. Frank, Frank Frank Gore was a monster when he first. I mean, in my opinion, he was he more was. of a, a beast mode than uh than uh than my man um Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, I mean, he was like a straight up tank coming through that hole. He he, he and Willis man Willis McGay he was that dude man, yeah. but he couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, Frank Gore, the Vince Carter of the NFL, baby. <laughs> that's a good comparison. Yeah, that's a very good comparison. <laughs> so, so Cleveland has a chance. They beat Pittsburgh. They win, and Pittsburgh is trying to give them a, a mulligan by sitting their quarterback. So we will see. The yeah, third a real game, mulligan. The third game that didn't make sense <laughs> to me. We talked about the person early, but let's talk about the game. The Washington football team had a chance to win the NFC East against the Panthers. We all know the Panthers can't score. If the Panthers get 20, that's all they're getting. And what do they do? They muff a punt that turns into a touchdown. And then between Haskins and his replacement, Tyler Henneke, they throw the ball 47 times. What are you doing? <laughs> I don't yeah. Gibson back too. Yeah, yeah, and Gibson was averaging six yards a carry. <laughs> right. So it makes you wonder what what is the coaching staff looking at? Because the defense know. was terrible. All they had to they, do was hand the ball off. Yeah, they couldn't stop McKissick either on nope. the low swing passes out the backfield. I don't know what they be doing, man. Scott <laughs> Turner. <laughs> Okay, so okay, I'm glad y'all making me feel good because I thought I was tripping. Mm-hmm. I thought you know I was missing the analytics or something in this because nope. the defense beasts every week. Mm-hmm. They give yep. they pretty much handing you games, but you can't generate enough offense to keep them. Reminds you of the Ravens you. back in the day, doesn't it? It's yeah, that's exactly and and you know what's happening? Chase Young is starting to act like some of those re- young Ravens players from back there saying, okay, we think we got to turn the ball over multiple times the game and or score, if not both, mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. to give our chance, our team a chance, and we're going to do that. Mm-hmm. They're becoming hey, dominant. But, but, but hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This, this is what's going on. Ron Rivera sucks. And I don't care yep. who, I don't yep. care who, I don't Agreed. care who they be. They they will end up probably winning the NFC East. That's 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 fair enough. But he was he's been the beneficial benefiter of 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 the multiple number one draft picks along that defensive front, and that's who's going to lead the Washington franchise back to respectability. But Ron Rivera, this is even when they finally settle on a quarterback because they'll find a quarter. They're going to find a quarterback even if he's not great. He's not necessarily going to have to be great. They're going to add a couple more weapons along with McLaurin and Gibson and McKessick. Uh, uh, They're going to add a couple more people, and they're going to be good. That defensive front, I said it before we even kicked off the the season, that I thought that defensive front had the potential, and now we're seeing the fruits of of that labor. I think they have the potential to be the most dominant front seven. They need a a middle linebacker, but I think they have the potential. Yeah, I think they have a potential to be that great. But there's going to be, even when they become good, there's going to be 
games that's going to leave you guys and uh, and me. We're going to be scratching our heads like, what the heck just happened? Because they're going to dominate the whole entire game. It might be Sunday. They're going to dom- no, they're going to, they're going to win. They're going to dominate the entire game, and then we're going to look up and we're going to see how the heck did they not win this game? Because Ron Rivera can't coach. Okay. I'm telling you. Okay. <laughs> wait, wait, wait till wait till Sunday. All right. Hey, just putting it out there, and I want to put it out here first. I got a quarterback fix for the Washington football team. Okay. Jameis. Mm. Oh, man. He's going to be cheap. No. He's going to be cheap. He spent the year learning. He still got his rough spots. But I think Jameis has enough juice to allow this offense to score 24 <clears throat> to 27 points a game. With that defense, they could be dangerous. And he won't cost them a lot. You think he I'm got t- enough coaching not to throw interceptions in New Orleans? Because he'll come here and – Go right back to Tampa Bay Winston. I, I don't he, think he's gonna go back that far. Okay. He's still gonna throw his interceptions, but I think he t- takes the 30 down to 15 to 17. Hmm. And with this defense, I don't think that'll be that much that bad. Hmm. Just a thought. Hmm. Just a thought. So we we get had one of our listeners ask. So we get we go go ahead and put it up there. Washington has a win. And they win the NFC East, lose the winner of the Dallas-New York Giants game, win the NFC East. So do y'all think Washington will beat the Eagles on Sunday? They had a Sunday night game at 8.30. That all depends on if the safeties play their position and don't let Deshaun Jackson get past them. He always find a way to get past them. <laughs> I'm more concerned about Jalen Hurts, man. Because I think he got that wiggle. He got that. He 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 got something. And I just feel like they'll dominate the game for the first three quarters. And then something Washington football team is going to happen. And they're going to get a game away. I just feel that way. Something I, going I, I disagree. I think if 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 the defense keeps enough pressure on uh, on uh, Hurts, uh, he'll start throwing interceptions like he did towards the last game uh, this past Sunday. Um, they just got to stay on top of him. Don't let him uh, get loose, and, and and they can contain him. If they can contain him, the offense has got to score. See, the problem is Philadelphia's offensive line is trash. And, that's, and, the, and, and the Washington football team is the wrong team to have a trash offensive line against. It's just a, it's just a bad matchup. And as much as I love Jalen and I want him to succeed, I actually want him to have a good game. I don't think it's going to be enough ultimately. I think I think that the Washington football franchise will. will I think they should. Be, I think they. I think they should come out victorious because, like I said, um, there's nobody that's going to resist young, sweet, uh, Allen. Allen. Yeah, paint. There's just just nobody that's going to offer any resistance. If Alex Smith is quarterbacking, yeah. If he not, yeah. I don't see it. I don't know. I like that young boy Heineke. Dude, he was, that he, was a prevent defense. That game was over. <laughs> I, I just posted all week of people talking about Heineke, Heineke, Heineke. I'm like, Slim, they were down by two touchdowns with seven and a half minutes left. I understand. They were playing a prevent defense. They, I understand. that smoke. But at least he was decisive enough. When he did see stuff, he let the ball go, something that, uh, unfortunately, Dwayne wasn't doing. 
Yeah. There were many cutups where Dwayne had wide receivers open right in front of him and wouldn't throw the ball. Yeah. So all you got to do is be decent. The defense is probably going to give you a short field once or twice during the game. If you can score, lead them to a few touch, a few field goals, and then score the touchdowns on the short fields, you can win this game. Oh, and for real, Heineke threw a pick. Dude just dropped it. That would have been a different complexion of the game, too. I I <laughs> Let's move on to the last game that I thought was kind of crazy. And it wasn't the whole game. It was just the second half. The Indianapolis Colts had the Pittsburgh Steelers on the ropes, ready to give in. And they let a 42-year-old that's got no arm, if you watch that game, he was pushing the ball. He wasn't throwing the ball. He was pushing the ball. Phillip Rivers was pushing the ball. And you up 17 points in the third quarter. Run the ball. Taylor waiting to get the ball. What was the other uh the other running back? Hine. Oh, Hine. Run the ball. I mean, come on, man. I know you went around the league because Cleveland didn't do it either. Something yeah. uh, t- Tennessee didn't do it either. It's like maybe a memo was like, this is a quarterback <laughs> Sunday. We don't want to hear quarterback Sunday. And that's what mm-hmm. you got. Mm-hmm. Shit, Kirk Cousin got the memo. <laughs> Dalvin Cook got his. <laughs> so, so I know you're happy that the Steelers ended that streak and, and got I the mean, win. What? I mean, it's, it's fool's gold, though. You can't. They ran the ball for 20 yards. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. I mean, it's, it, look. I mean, it's fool's gold. I, you know, I, I'm not. There's no, I don't hide the fact that I'm a still a fan, but I mean it's, I mean it's full fold. It, it, see, and this is what I'm talking about coaching. I can't, I, I don't understand how all these geniuses and gurus get jobs, and then they 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 turn. You know, Indianapolis clearly has one of the best offensive lines in football. Clearly, absolutely. Yeah, they have young running backs that can run and they run hard. Right, young yep. receivers. You, you up 17 points. And you just have a meltdown. <laughs> it, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, Frank Reich, he's a guru, mm. you know, you know, so as is, you know, as is Stefanski in Cleveland and, 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 and Riverboat Ron in, in Washington and, and all these other coaches <laughs> that we highlight, you know, where you left, you scratching your head, Big Reg. It, it makes no sense. Um, but yeah, I'm glad they, they, I'm glad they finally got, you know, they ended the skid and I'm glad, um, um, that that they they get the rest of the starters this because Big Ben obviously uh, uh, according to um, Mike Tomlin's press conference today he said he was just the first official but there's going to be others that don't play in this game coming up on um, um, Sunday against Cleveland but uh, so I, so in that regard I'm glad they did get the victory but it's fool's gold they can't run the football great point about the Colts offensive line because I'm gonna put it out there Big Ridge that's where I got Winston going to the Colts. Because he got a solid running game. He got a, a head coach that can coach him up as a quarterback. And he can thrive in that offense, in that offense, I think. I don't think Frank Wright will deal with the possibility of that he might throw 20 to 30 interceptions. Mm. I right. think he's going to go after his boy Wentz. 
And if he doesn't get Wentz, um, <clears throat> if um, the Detroit Lions quarterback gets released, Stafford, Stafford, I think they'll go after Stafford. Oh, he, he would love that. He needs a lion. He never had a lion. He would love that. They they need a consistent quarterback. I think he he will feel that he can fix Wentz and have his young quarterback. But if not, they can have Stafford, who still got some good years behind a good line. That's just my opinion. So let's talk about some of the highlights of the week. We won't get deep into the games. Saints crushed and eliminated the Vikings. Did that thing 52-33. But we got to give a shout-out to Alvin Kamara. Yeah, too bad, J3. (laughs) You beat that. 22 carries, 155 yards, and, yes, six rushing TDs. Good ass. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, time to NFL rushing. (laughs) So – Hats off to my man Alvin Kamara. Beast. In the next game, the Bucks. What the Bucks did to the Lions? I know the Lions coaching staff was missing all that. Oh, Detroit, man. When have you seen an NFL team sit their starters after halftime? That looked like something Alabama does against game. Against <laughs> that's how they That's exactly uh, how they treated them. I mean, that's Detroit, man. Come on, man. Brady went. 22 for 27, <laughs> 348 yards and four TDs in the first half. <laughs> <laughs> you heard you heard me. I hear you. I hear you. I hear Detroit, you. man. Come on, man. That's Detroit. <laughs> Next. And then the Chiefs did what they needed to do. Got the victory over Atlanta. It was Atlanta. Up. I understand, but Atlanta been playing tough. They almost pulled it off. But my question to y'all. Are the Chiefs playing with too much fire? For like the last seven weeks, they've been barely beating teams by six points. I don't think they're playing hard. They're not. In my opinion. I I don't think they're playing hard. I mean, they're literally scoring just enough to win the game and and go home. I mean, I don't think they're trying to blow teams out because Atlanta, come on, man. Atlanta. But that's dangerous because can they turn that switch on? Because they sit. Obviously, they can. They've been doing it for the last three, four to five games. But in the playoffs, they can be playing different animals. I guarantee in the playoffs. I guarantee in the playoffs that it won't even be close. None of the games. That's what we all thought Uh last year about Baltimore. That's true. And Tennessee (laughs) came in there and punched them in the mouth. Yeah, but there's a different uh, leadership on on, on behind the ball on on, uh, the Chiefs compared to uh, to the Ravens. I, I'm just saying, I'm concerned. I'm a little concerned. They win and they're doing their thing, but you keep being lackadaisical. And don't forget, last year in the playoffs, they were behind every game and had to come back and win. To prove that they are that team. Absolutely. I hear you. They can score you. anytime they want. I hear you. Last two things we're going to talk about. The Bills dominated the Patriots. Yep. Josh Allen. I'm sorry. I didn't think he was going to be that dude. That's my quarterback. Josh Allen is that dude. Josh Allen got future MVP written over him, especially as long as they keep that man, Stephon Diggs, there. Oh, my. Them two. Four touchdowns. Them two are ridiculous. And Stephon run some of the best routes I've seen in a good while. Yeah, you Man, can't check him. Yeah. Can't check hey, but, 
Hey, but don't don't sleep on Beasley though, cause uh, Beasley gets his too. Now we don't. We don't don't sleep think. on Cole Beasley. <laughs> Cole. He ain't Stephon. Stephon is leading the league in receptions, reception yards, and he's close to TDs. He's having a monster year. And then Lamar keeps doing Lamar things, and the Ravens are scary. The Ravens win Sunday. They're in, and I don't think anyone wants to see that team in the playoffs the way they're playing now. Mm. Mm. We'll see. The Titans will want to see him. Right. <laughs> not, not after the egg they just laid. I'm just saying. Yeah. Gonna be like, we're going to give you more of what we gave you last year. Right. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be – I think that would be the last team because I think they're going to have some get back. So the Week 17 matchups to look forward to. And for all you football fans, every game this week is on Sunday. There are no mm-hmm. Thursday night games, no Saturday games, no Monday night games. Everything plays Sunday. Ooh. So you got Dolphins and Bills at 1 o'clock. Dolphins need a win to make the playoffs. They're hoping that the Bills will work with them and maybe not play some players. You got Ravens and Bengals. Ravens should get that easy. Ravens win then. Steelers and Browns. Browns need this win real bad. But wouldn't it be a Browns thing to do to play the Steelers without some of their players and lose? That would be so Browns. Yeah, that'd be horrible. Big Ravens. Bengals <laughs> been getting feisty lately too. I hope the Ravens don't take that game lightly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. They throwing the ball around the yard. Yeah. <laughs> Bengals. You got the Cowboys and Giants, which are playing for possibly the <laughs> NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> That's a damn shame. It's a terrible game. That is but a the damn winner, shame. The winner becomes a cheerleader for the Eagles at 8 o'clock. Some trash. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. Packers and Bears. Packers still looking for that number one seed, and That's they can add a little bit to it by sticking the dagger into the Bears and eliminating them. But the Bears are hot. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I got to say, Mitch Trubisky is actually playing good football. <sighs> now, is that, a, that is that game playing in Chicago? <laughs> yes, that's in Chicago, 4 o'clock. Chicago going to win the game. Chicago. I hope they do. The, the Saints Shut need them to win. You got the Cardinals at Rams, which may be a game where both, where both teams have backup quarterback starting. And the winner of that game will get in the playoffs. The loser most likely is out totally. <laughs> Titans and Texans. Titans got to win to win the, win the AFC South. If they lose, they might miss the playoffs altogether. And then the end of the night, Washington at the Eagles, which we already said who we think is going to win the game. I, I, I heard at least two Washington football team wins with – I don't think I got you, Jay. Jay Wills. Who's who's winning? Oh, the Washington, Washington football team. Okay, J three. Man, stop playing, man. Burgundy and gold all day, bro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna be the bummer. Uh, <laughs> Jalen Hurts gonna put that thing on. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. Jalen Hurts is going to rush for a touchdown. He's going to throw no, two touchdowns. No, no. And Washington's no, no. not going to score over 20 points, and they're going to lose 
and everybody gonna be real miserable in the in the DMV. I'm no, sorry. No, okay. I'm on the fence. here first. That's why I'm on we the do fence. Need to score at least three touchdowns. I agree with that part. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna get it. Not unless they get special teams or defense. It all depends on who quarterbacking. Yeah, that's, that's what I said. And it's not like Alex Smith scoring a lot of points. Let's not be. Let's not get carried away. Right. Alex Smith, <laughs> he controls the game. Yep. They always play horrible in the first half. And Jalen mm-hmm. Hurst is going to score in the first half. That's going to put pressure on him and do some things. So you saying the defense ain't going to do nothing. That's what you're saying because you're making it seem like Jalen Hurts going to have it his way. Like, really? No, nah, the defense is going to do some things, but Jalen Hurts is, is a different cat. And I think he's going to do enough to win to score 21 points, which is going to be more than what Washington will score. <laughs> <laughs> that's their mo. Wow. Can't too much with that one. I'm wow. sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. Okay. We'll see. It's a harsh reality, right there. <laughs> Ouch. Thank you, right. I appreciate. It. <laughs> I'm sorry for all our, our, our watching football team fans, because I don't. I, I that's just how I see it. Okay. All right, Professor. You ready for your takes, brother? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, so let's do our post-takes in review of 2020. All right, we're going to start out with the NBA. Of course, we had to start with legendary Hall of Fame and five-time NBA champion Kobe Bean Bryant, who tragically departed from this world on January 26th, a day after my birthday. Known as the Black Mamba, a moniker that he earned as a cold-blooded, silky, quick assassin on the basketball court. His off-the-court pursuits were just as impressive, earning both an Oscar and an Emmy for his work in television and film. He now resides in paradise with his daughter, Gianna, who also died in the helicopter crash. David Stern was a stalwart in NBA lore. He preceded Kobe in death on January 1st. Stern is widely credited with globalizing the NBA brand and bringing a style of discipline and rule that helped to shape the parameters of the game on and off the court. To the WNBA, the Seattle Storm led by Brianna Stewart captured another championship crown by defeating the Las Vegas Aces. Brianna carried home finals MVP honors while averaging 28 points, eight rebounds, and shot 65% from three-point range. She will be best known for her voice of social justice following the killings of Brianna Taylor and George Floyd. Down to wrestling entertainment, icon professional wrestler and father to icon Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Rocky Johnson, passed away on January 15th. He was instrumental in laying the groundwork for the world of entertainment wrestling that we all enjoy today. His impact clearly catapulting his son to global star. Road Warrior Animal, whose real name was Joe Laurinaitis, also passed away this year on September 22nd. The Legion of Doom were groundbreakers, trailblazers, and were one of the most fearsome and destructive tag teams of all time. It was extremely hard to keep the gold hardware from around their waist. Tell them, Hawk! Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) NCAA basketball, no March Madness. The country and college sports world are still reeling from this one. For 2020, this probably created the largest void. Hall of Fame college basketball coach, NBA player, and Archbishop Carroll alum, yes, sir, John Thompson, transitioned on August 31st. 
Among many accomplishments, he will always be forever known as the first black head coach to win a Division I NCAA championship while at the helm for the Georgetown Hoyas. Also, Luke Olson, Luke Olson, Arizona Wildcats head coach for more than 25 years and 1997 national champion passed away on August 27th to NCAA football. The ups and downs and privilege of the Power Five conferences, <laughs> an unusual season, to say the least. The kicker is the is that we could actually have a team play fewer than 10 games win a national title. This year, we actually saw a woman kick pigskin on the gridiron. Certainly more than a few proud moments for Sarah Fuller, who became the first woman to play in a Power Five football game. As a place kicker, she kicked off and also became the first woman to score points in a Power Five uh, football game with a PAT. Much love and respect for her moving forward. Down to Major League Baseball. For the first time since 1988, the Los Angeles Dodgers have won the World Series. Clayton Kershaw finally got the multiple monkeys off his back. Mookie Betts is now a coast-to-coast -coast champ and icon, and the Dodgers are poised to repeat this coming year. Mookie! MLB legends have passed away this year, and we have to mention many of them on this show. This list includes Dick Allen, Joe Morgan, Whitey Ford, Bob mm -hmm. Gibson, Lou Brock, and Tom Seaver. To the world of entertainment, we lost Chadwick Bozeman, who played Jackie Robinson in the modern classic 42. He also played Jim Brown in The Express and a host of other characters surrounding sports. He was an A-list actor that influenced many lives in film and in society. His impact on sports was felt throughout every sport and every league. Notables from LeBron James to Tiger Woods felt the movement of the earth at Chadwick's passing. To the NFL, Patrick Mahomes became one of the youngest Super Bowl MVPs and champions at the coveted position of quarterback. He followed up the Lombardi with more than a half billion. This massive shift for a QB of his standing and stature made history, and he could certainly book in the pandemic with another Lombardi and MVP performance. We salute greats this year that we have lost, including Kevin Green, Chris Dolman, Gail Sayers, Bobby Mitchell, Willie Davis, Don Shula, Joe Bugle, Paul Horning, and Fred Dean. May they all rest in peace, fellas. And we thank them for their contributions to the world of sports that we all love. Turning it back over to you, Big Rage. Absolutely. <clears throat> and one thing about Patrick Mahomes and that, that contract he signed, what's crazy about the contract is they actually – he made a $500 million contract actually play it friendly for three years. That's crazy. Which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's a small cookie there. That's he the win, yep. All right, some other things that caught eye real quick. I want to give a congrats out to uh, University of Alabama wide receiver Devontae Smith for winning the Associated Press Player of the Year Award today. He beat out teammate Mac Jones, becoming the first wide receiver ever to win the award. Um, J Jones and Devontae Smith also become the first teammates to finish 1-2. Smith was also one of six Alabama players selected to the Associated Press first team All-American team 
He was joined by Mac Jones, running back Najee Harris, center Landon Dickerson, tackle Alex Leatherwood, and cornerback Patrick Sertain II, the most of any team in the NCAA. Also give out congrats to Naomi Osaka and LeBron James for winning the eight Associated Press and Sports Illustrated Sports Persons of the Year awards this year, not only for their accomplishments on the field and on the courts winning titles, but their social activism that they did on and off the court. So congratulations. We told you we keep keep you up to date with uh, Florida Gators forward Keontae Johnson. He continues to improve and is actually back with his team. He's actually um, right now uh, uh, an assistant coach as he continues to recover. Um, but they are still continuing to try to figure out what exactly caused him to collapse. And at this point, still don't have any answers, which is very scary. 2311 Racing announced that their new NASCAR race team is fully sponsored for the 38 race 2021 season. That is the Jordan, Michael Jordan, Denny Hamlin partnership team, which is going to be driven by Bubba Wallace. Uh, they brought over sponsors, DoorDash, McDonald's, Columbia Sportswear, and Root Insurance, which were already sponsors that Bubba Wallace personally had brought in. They came over and then they added Dr. Pepper. Not only are they fully sponsored, Hamlin's employer, Joe Gibbs Racing, will be providing the Toyota-powered vehicles and motors for the race team. So they should be competitive right away. And lastly, we'd like to say good luck and prayers up to Henry. Henrik Loquist, as he announced yesterday, that he will need open-heart surgery. Uh, the recently signed capital and former New York Ranger great career is most likely over, but we hope that the surgery will be a success and allow him to live a long life. All right, fellas, it's time for the final post. This is the final post of 2020. So I'm looking to hear what you got to say. Uh, let's start with Jay Wills. Um, thankful to God to make it through 2020 with my family intact, even though, uh, COVID was all around, we were able to bring in a beautiful baby boy safely, uh, born healthy, wasn't at the hospital long at all, came to the house and expecting greater and better in 2021. So whatever you had taken from you or you felt you couldn't accomplish this year, it is definitely yours in 2021. Claim it and it's yours. Mm -hmm. Amen. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. And again, congratulations for that beautiful baby boy you guys had. Yes, sir. God is good. Ed, what you got for me, brother? Obviously, I'm looking forward to this weekend as far as the college football semifinals and the NFL Sunday. Um, I think I'll stay in all day on Sunday and, 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 and figure that out. Um, as far as the 2020 ending in 2020, 2021, 2021 in beginning, um, I just want to uh, hope everyone continues to have good health and be, and be prosperous in, in whatever they choose to do or don't do. Um, that, that's all I have. Okay. Yes, Professor, what you got for me, bro? Yes, I want to give a heartfelt thank you to every athlete out there that didn't shut up and dribble. They lent their voices to the movement, Black Lives Matter, to the injustices that we've been suffering. 
even speaking out against the the activity of the government towards COVID in the black communities and other minority communities. Thank you so much for your voices. We certainly need them. Please continue to support your neighbors, your communities, because we need your voices out here. This reminds me of the solidarity shown during the civil rights movement with several iconic athletes that we salute today all banded together to make sure that their voices were heard because they were not only fighting for a people, they were fighting for an entire nation. So thank you so much for your contributions in 2020. Well said, brother. Well said, brother. Mm -hmm. J3. So real quick, I'm a job like piggyback off of Professor Jay, but I'm going to go on a different route. I want to give congrats to all our student athletes who were able to play their sport that they love and still maintain uh, a GPA of at least 3.0 or higher. So I want to give a shout out to Jerry Garner, who's at Duke University. I want to give a shout out to uh, Taylor Somerville, who's at... uh, uh, high school in Charles County. And then I want to give a shout out to Trey Williams, who's down in South Carolina doing his thing. And Cameron Holland, my cousin, who's playing baseball. So there it is. Doing this wonderful thing, too. Great Absolutely. Job. And then I also want to thank all the high school and college students that we've had on our show. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. I hope that you come back next year and, and tell us uh, what you're doing and how you're enjoying uh, school and performing. Amen. Good job, good job. I'd like to piggyback on professors about the athletes. I was so impressed this year that not only professional athletes, but college athletes, after seeing what was going on, decided to enough was enough and they were going to make a stand and actually use their power and their voices to try to create change. Uh, I'm, I'm proudly wearing my Christmas gift, which is a homage to one of them, uh, our favorite, my favorite F1 racer. I got his hat <laughs> and sweatshirt for Christmas. So I'm proudly yeah. rocking my man. But um, what they did this year was not only impressive, but a big change. They decided to risk money, risk contracts for the betterment of their communities. And that was just tremendous. And lastly, from my family and our post family, we'd like to wish all of our listeners, whether you listen live, check out the show afterwards, happy holidays, a happy new year, and a successful 2021. 2020 is almost over. We got through it. Many of us have lost family members through this. But let's hope that 2021 will bring us to whatever this new normal is going to be whether you decide to get a vaccine or not, whatever you decide to do, that you make 2021 a prosperous and successful year. But until we get to the point where things are safe, please remember the virus is still out there. We talked about it all year, even times we didn't want to talk about it. It's not safe. Mask up, stay Mm -hmm. safe. Until we get to a point where everything is safe, please, please don't let the holidays be the reason why you're sick in 2021 and not with us in 2021. Mm. So be safe out there. We'd like to thank you all for tuning in again and listening. We appreciate the time and opportunity to share our positions on sports with you. We're here each and every Tuesday. We'll be here next week, the first show of 2021. You can also download this show and any previous show 
either through our Facebook, our YouTube. We're now on podcast, and I've been talking Ooh, about it. Yeah. Next week, we'll give you a list of the different podcasts where you can actually li- check out the show and let people know. So we're expanding all of them. Wow. Yes. Every outlet. Nice. So just if you like podcasts and look up Positions on Sports Talk Show, you can check us out. Um, Facebook, Positions on Sports. Twitter, Positions on Sports, I believe, is the new Twitter handle that we just started. So we're blowing up. We're moving it's on the screen. Going. So please sh- sh- send us a message. Hit us up. We want to hear from you. We look forward to seeing you from 2021. Celebrate New Year safely, and we'll see you next week. This has been a Positional Sports Talk Show. Peace. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah.